You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Monday edition of Locked On ACC. I'm Candace Cooper, and I'm here with Locked On Wolfpack host Kenton Gibbs as we gear up for another exciting week to talk all things ACC. Make sure you guys know that Protein Bar, Built Bar, is the best tasting protein bar ever. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your next order. And use promo code, excuse me, LOCKED15. There we go. We've upgraded here. Sorry of a new week. Now, Ken Gibbs, welcome back. I'm so glad. You know, we went through one week. People were a little excited. We got a lot of talk about the NFL draft. And now we are breaking down some football schedules. We're talking about 2020 and then what's ahead for 2021. And we're going to throw things off. So you don't have to do all things NC State. We're going to throw some different teams at you today. Are you prepped and ready? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I The, the two teams that we're di- discussing, um, NC State played both of them last year, and they the games in which they played against NC State, I believe, were indicative of who they were last year, as well as who they may be going forward. Right. So we have two really good teams who we're going to talk about today. That's Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech. Pittsburgh having a very great NFL draft class, the most out of any other team in the ACC. And surprisingly enough, Georgia Tech as well had some guys make it. So we're going to talk about the 2020 season, give a little overview and what's to come. What are people looking forward to come 2021? It's going to be exciting times, right? Because there's a lot of room for growth for both squads. So let's start with Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Panthers finished last season six and five overall, five and five in the conference and ended on a high with a W against Georgia Tech, ironically, some team we'll talk about in a little bit. But it was a season certainly of ups and downs. Coach Narduzzi was trying to figure out just who the squad was. There's been a there were a lot of games where you know, there were times it seemed as if Pitt was getting it together, specifically looking towards the Syracuse and Louisville games. But then they would take tough losses against NC State, Boston College, Miami, Notre Dame, and even a big loss to a Clemson, although everyone seems to be losing in very, very big deficits to Clemson. But overall, what were your thoughts towards the Pittsburgh team? Because I was shocked that they had six guys go to the draft, but apparently that's just, they had some dogs that just couldn't get together as a squad. I mean, a, a large part of the reason why they had so many guys drafted up front, they've been absolutely amazing. That team is a team that has taken on the head coach's identity. Pat Narduzzi was a great defensive coordinator at Michigan State for many years. And in his first head coaching shot, all he's done is develop defensive talent, identify defensive talent at an extremely high level. However, there are three phases to the game. Right. It's not just defense, defense, and defense. It's offense, defense, and special teams. With that being said, offensively, I mean, Kenny Pickett just didn't get it done last year for a multitude of reasons. He got banged up a little bit. They couldn't run the ball, which is surprising from a Pat Narduzzi-led team. And Pat Narduzzi-led teams, is it's all about the trenches. And if you got some war daddies in the trenches, you should be able to run the ball. They unfortunately were not. Right. Team leaders in rush yards with Vincent Davis with only 632 yards. And when you look at grand scheme of other teams in this conference, it's certainly not 
meaning jumping out numbers, also having Kenny Pickett with 2,408 passing yards. And what do you think is the difference maker because we have so many dominant quarter, you know, very popular quarterbacks in this conference? Does he just kind of fall by the wayside? Kenny Pickett was expected to be the next big thing. He was expected to take a leap last year. He didn't take it. Fortunately for Pitt, um, they have a situation where you're looking at that guy who was supposed to be the guy now coming back, now being pissed off and motivated. He has so much money to gain in this last year because he lost a lot in the past year. So basically, this team is going to depend on him going forward. But even last year, the team went as he went. They didn't win a game in which he missed. They they had a tough time of looking competitive when Kenny Pickett wasn't out there. Yeah, and I think that having the help of Jordan Addison will certainly be something that brings Kenny Pickett more on the landscape. We've had he was an up and coming receiver that, of course, you always do better when your playmakers do better. And he being an all American candidate and just figuring out his way certainly going to make for a better sophomore campaign. But Overall, like you mentioned, Coach Narduzzi is all about his defense, and it certainly came on display with the guys that ended up going to the draft. But I also want to mention some key guys who were leading in tackles, Damar Hamlin, who led in sacks, Patrick Jones, and then you have Paris Ford in interceptions. Talk about their defense a little bit, what impressed you maybe, and what are some things that, you know, still still trying to figure out as a program and need to get right. Pat Jones opted out about about halfway through the season. Pat Jones was by far their best player. Not their best defender. He was their best player mm. by a decent stretch. And with him opting out, I mean, the defense kind of fell apart at times, which, again, it's understandable because he was a force when he was out there. The front that they had last year, even without Patrick Jones, was still good. They, they were no joke. They were nothing to, to scoff at. The defensive backs... Some of the corners played a little bit undisciplined, got hit with a lot of big plays, got hit with a lot of penalties. Paris Ford was a, a bright spot in that aspect. But uh, all in all, that was a solid defense at, for the most part up until Patrick Jones decided, I've made my money, I'm done here. I always felt like Pittsburgh was more of a chippy team, that they always seem to be gritty and just very hard-nosed, but they do get the ticky-tacky valve. Is it ticky-tacky or is it deserved? I mean, listen – Pittsburgh, if you've ever seen a documentary on the U uh, where Michael Irvin says some of that was drummed up, but some of it is we were bad boys who like being bad. That's part of Pitt's allure. That's part of what they do. They're bad boys who enjoy being bad. They enjoy roughing up your receivers. They enjoy hitting your quarterback. They enjoy knocking you down. But it's going to come with some flags. <laughs> it's definitely going to come with some flags and some repercussions. And I definitely think, you know, as a player, I would love to hear your side of it. When you're not exactly the ones who are on top, you kind of just still want to make your presence known. And it seems to be what Pitt's energy is, despite, you know, losing some close ones and then, you know, losing others that were definitely not even in the game. Pitt just wanted to make sure you knew and you felt them almost every single play. You know, I, I understand that. And I understand physicality. I love physicality. I love, you know, whatever's going on, we're going to hit you in the mouth. But the thing is, you have to play with a controlled fire. You have to play with a controlled rate. What does it mean to hit somebody in the mouth if that takes them from, you know, you get a huge sack, and it, but you grab the quarterback's face mask. So instead of uh, it being fourth and 15, now it's first and 10, and they get 15 yards out of the deal. I mean, 
but I, I'm all for it. I'm all for physicality. I'm all for chippy. I'm all for playing with an edge. You have to control it. I would say the NC State Pittsburgh game was probably the one where I saw most chippiness and like most intensity, you know, throughout the season last year. Yeah, you know, that was I believe that that was Pitt's best chance to beat a quality team last year. Uh Pitt was looking at a situation where, you know, they were they were thought to be the better team and and many people thought that they were going to uh just just pretty much put it on NC State because they had an offensive line that while being experienced being asked to match up against Pitt's defensive line, always going to be a tall task. They had Kenny Pickett against a very inexperienced defensive backfield that just saw, I want to say, Tayshawn Smith went down the week before that, as well as Chris Ingram as well. So they had both of their corners going. And it was, you were thinking to yourself, based on the first play, which I believe was like an 80 yard bomb or something like that by Pitt, you're like, oh, this is going to be a long day for State. But Dennis Leary and crew uh, got together and, and just stayed the course and ultimately ended up winning. So that, that game was chippy. There was a lot of back and forth. And it was it was probably one of Pitt's more exciting games over the year. <laughs> for certain. So if you guys are looking for the 2020 overview and more action and you get pumped for the season, make sure you download betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports. Got a lot going on this week as you gear up for NBA, NFL playoff, NHL playoff, excuse me, some UFC, MMA action, all the sporting needs that you've got. Make sure that you head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, 2020 was just as difficult for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets as they were trying to figure out who they were as a program. They are so used to being that triple option threat, and now they are more of a spread offense. And a lot of things went left for this team as they finished 3-7 and seven on the season, 3-6 and six in conference play, only won two games at home and one away. I it was always about that triple option because it's a hard for people to really run it. Carolina has had their hands tied a lot of different ways against Georgia Tech, but now figuring out a new offense comes with its woes, apparently. I mean, absolutely. There is there's a lot of the fact that you're trying to fit square pieces into round holes. Like that's just what's going on here. You've got a situation where you have quarterbacks who were who had been training for years to be okay, I'm going to take 40 hits a game. That's part of what I'm going to do as opposed to working on specific rhythm, specific timing, everything working in a certain way in which we're used to seeing offenses run. So, I mean, it, there's there was going to be an adjustment. There was going to be a hard time as far as, you know, just coming into a new offense. But I I am, I am I think that the, the future is much brighter for them than the, the present is. I mean, technically, it has to be. It has to be. After that, that beating that they took against, uh, I want to say it was Clemson, where they, they, Travis Etienne averaged, I want to say it was like he had seven carries for 200-something yards between the tackles now. This is just between the tackles. You can only go up from there. So that's that's the good thing as far as I see it. I mean, 73-7, and seven, you can only go up from that period. That The bar isn't actually might be in hell because that's pretty that's pretty terrible. For a, for a conference team, 73 and 7. 
You know, that Georgia Tech is one of those schools, much in the vein of a Vanderbilt, much in the vein of a Wake Forest, much in the vein of a, uh, a Stanford was for many, many years. Their academics and their requirements academically are always going to put them in a tough spot. But, I mean, you're right. 73-7 is inexcusable. There's nothing to do with it. So you're saying that in order to get the dogs, maybe the tough ones, like you have to, it's a very unique set setting where you have to get someone who is not only a very physically outstanding athlete, but also can excel strongly in the classroom. Absolutely. There, yeah. there are certain schools where, I mean, I, and I'm not going to take any shots in any schools here, but there are, there are certain schools, the academic, excuse me, the academic rigor is just not there. It's not the toughest time to walk onto that campus and major in general studies for four years and, and walk out with a degree thanks to tutoring and effort. You know, no, not saying that anybody just walks in and, and they just walk out with a degree. No, it's going to take some some effort. But there are schools where it's it's harder. It's objectively just harder. So there, there can be success at those schools. Look at Northwestern. Look at Stanford. But if you're going to have success at those schools, you have to have a, a firm rooted identity and you have to live and die by that and even then that success is hard to sustain like even with northwestern they were in the big 10 championship last year for years before that they were a laughing stock of their side of the conference you know pat fitzgerald has done a good job of keeping competitive but at georgia tech you're dealing with the same things just in the southeast interesting interesting perspective and i also think again there's no real superstars that jump off the page when it comes to Georgia Tech. I don't know about you if you had anybody, but I think it's, again, a season, another season where it may be folks just trying to figure out their way and, like, step-by-step step figuring out the pieces towards a new offense. Because defensively, they also, to me, are just trying to be middle of the road and in the pack. You know, defensively, they have some young pieces mm. that if they come back and take the next step next year, they can put themselves in position to at least be competitive. Like, let's be honest, this year they weren't competitive. To lose by four touchdowns to UCF, if you lose to a, a group of five team and they're a really good group of five team and you're just kind of recovering from your, your lowest moment as a power five, sure, you can lose. Losing by four touchdowns, honey, that's that's excessive. And nobody wants to see that. But and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you how you feel about this here. As far as Georgia Tech and as far as the conference being realigned, do you think that they have a shot to make some noise on their side of the conference? Maybe not next year, but maybe in the coming years. You know, I think it might be a great opportunity for them to move themselves up, being the fact that some of their key wins last season was against Duke, who struggled, FSU, who struggled. Right. It wasn't exactly the greatest teams who've had the best. They were just they showed they had promise with the teams that they beat. It was kind of just like, oh, well, they're they're sticking it up as well. And also Louisville. So I think that Georgia Tech is trying to find the, their role in who they are. They Again, they're so used to being known as this one program. Then you have to shift all gears and mindsets. So they have to first find their identity. I think that's the big part for Georgia Tech. Who are they as a team and as a program before they can even start being a threat in the coastal division? And when I when I look at the when I look at Georgia Tech's program, being in the coastal is one of the best advantages they could possibly have. Because I mean, you look at all the teams in the coastal, the top two, everybody's going the top two and, and there's whichever order you want to put them, Miami, 
and UNC, right? Like you wouldn't those, even put Virginia Tech in there? If you're talking top two, the Virginia Tech does not belong in there. Virginia but Tech over Miami. I put Virginia Tech over Miami. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And, and uh, what angle are we taking here? Because historically, Virginia Tech, had a, they had a very good run under Beamer Ball. Sure. With, with with Beamer there, sure. Fuentes, I'm not sure about If you don't like Fuentes, just say that. <laughs> I don't like Fuentes. I don't like Fuentes. Hendon Hooker was one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, and you played around and fiddled around with this Burmeister experiment. Mm. Now look at you. Mm. Now you don't got a quarterback. That's unfortunate, ain't it? Mm. Anywho, but, you know, with Virginia Tech, I mean, even if they do find a way to work into that, that category, you look at Virginia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, all three of those schools had dynamic playmakers at the quarterback position. All three are going to be gone in a year if they're not already gone. Hendon Hooker at Virginia Tech, gone. He's at Tennessee. Um, uh, De'Aaron King coming off an ACL tear, and he's going to be gone next year. Sam Howe, he's going to go make some money in the NFL next year. Barring some massive injury or something, he's gone. So with that being said, you're, you're sitting in a situation where you're looking at a, a side of the conference that has always had a lot of parity. Now, this this Pittsburgh team that we just talked about, we talked about how they struggled and, and how they're, they're going through a bit of a tough time as well. They were just in the conference championship from their side, what, two years ago? Two three years ago, so I mean, I mean, we could have a we could have an ACC conference conversation or championship kind of atmosphere conversation if we want to, because it seems to be closer to everybody else and just who might just push out a good season by the end of it. But before we get to twenty twenty one season predictions and kind of how both these teams will fall in the division, I want to remind you guys to hit up Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, with eighteen amazing flavors that are one hundred percent covered in chocolate. Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to builtbar.com and use Locked fifteen, and you'll get fifteen percent off your next order. Finishing up today's show, we were talking about 2021 predictions and you know, where both Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh align in their various divisions. You know, I wish, I almost wish we didn't have divisions where we could just see the teams battle it out, but here we are. So, you know, as we mentioned, Coastal Division, Georgia Tech could be a game changer. As we know, Coastal is very up in the air. You never know what you're going to get season after season. You think that things are going as smoothly for one team, and then they just blow the gambit, right? And in Atlantic, it's been Clemson and everybody up for yeah. so long. Yeah. But do you think Pittsburgh actually has a chance to be up there in those top conversations given strong you know, recruiting class, but it's still just – it's Clemson and everybody else. I mean, yes, it's Clemson and everybody else, but, but both of the teams we're talking about today are in the, the Coastal. Clemson's oh, in the Atlantic. There we go. So, there's sure, it's Clemson and everybody else. Sure, whoever wins out of the Coastal, you're you're winning the right to go lose by 40. Sure, sure. That's, that's what we know is happening here. But, I mean, if UNC... UNC is losing a lot. And I, I think that people are underselling how much they're losing for some reason. You don't just replace about 3,000 yards on the ground and a couple thousand in receiving and, like, everything is just hunky-dory okay because I've got QB1. Well, maybe because 2020 was so bad for other teams that nobody's thinking, like, all things will be somewhat normal for the 2021 season. And everyone's hyped around Mac. You know, that's just Well, sure. More, more power to Mac <laughs> Brown. More power to him. But – 
the fact of the matter is, uh, you the quarterback is the most important position in football, but it's not the only position in football. The best quarterbacks in the game have not always gone undefeated recently. Everybody and their mama will tell you Mac Jones is not better than Trevor Lawrence. Yet, Mac Jones got the W head-to-head. Why? Because it wasn't about who's the better player between those two. It's about who had the better team. Carolina probably has the best quarterback in the conference. Probably has a guy who's either 1 or 1A in the conference. Sure. You think Tim Howell's not going to be better than DJ from Clemson? I'm not pronouncing his name because I don't want to butcher it. I mean, listen, I look at it like this. If as as far as what we've seen from DJ, he looked great so far. He threw for what four hundred yards or something like that against Notre Dame. Good for him. But that my whole point here is that quarterback ain't the only position. You regardless of how good your quarterback is, you still got to do all the other things in the game, right? And all that Pittsburgh is losing too much, I believe, on the defensive end to compete next year. Hmm. Georgia Tech, they're young. They were bad last year, but being bad is sometimes part of the process. Everybody gets too in love with microwave success in today's society. Sometimes you got to cook it on the stove. You can't cook oxtails in the microwave. You got to put, you got to boil them things for a couple hours, almost a day's worth of boiling before those oxtails are good and ready. So that's, that may be what Georgia Tech has cooking up. Maybe, maybe Georgia Tech continues to be a laughingstock. I don't know. Pittsburgh, however, last year was their best shot to me. They had a ton of NFL talent on defense, um, a good offense, as good of an offense as I think they'll have for the next few years, and they just couldn't get it done. So talking about wrapping up Pittsburgh here, you don't think Kenny Pickett is going to be able to improve anything offensively for the Panthers? Um, You know what? I'll I'll tell you this. (laughs) I'll Jordan Addison might As, be a he's gonna have a breakout and year and, and you say not not only Jordan Addison, okay, he's gonna need help from that backfield as well. In the words of the Beatles, I get by with a little help from my friends. He's gonna need his friends to show up big time to 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 get this Pittsburgh offense rolling. And defensively, if they can be anywhere near what their potential was last year with all those draft picks on defense, I think they'll be all right. Well, nobody's going to opt out the same way that they did last year. Oh, no, no. So it's going to be so much different. You're going to have full body, like, you know, all things Nobody's going to opt out, but Patrick Jones Jr. ain't walking through that door. (laughs) Like, he's he's not, he's gone. He's walking through the doors in Minnesota now. Yeah. So, I mean, they they lost a lot of really good pieces. um, And the, the idea is very simple. The front end affects the back end more than the back end affects the front end. So what does that mean? The pass rushers. They're what they're what sets the tone for the defense. The big boys up front. How well do you stop the run? How well do you get to the quarterback? They lost a ton up front. So it's battle not doozy specialty, yeah. but we'll see. The battle of the trenches. And from Georgia Tech side, they have two strong games to start out the season between Northern Illinois and Kennesaw State. And then they go right into the heavy hitters with Clemson, North Carolina. Then we got Pitt right back to back. I say Pitt putting in, Georgia Tech putting themselves in a <laughs> quite of a pickle, right? You don't really know who your team is against a North Illinois and Kennesaw State. You're going to really know who your team is. Maybe some revenge. We don't want the 73-7 outcome as we did last season, so we're going to go hard. But I tell you what, if Georgia Tech can compete with Clemson that third game of the season, it might be an interesting finish for them in the Coastal. Anybody who says there are no moral victories is a liar. If they lose that game, <laughs> if if Georgia Tech loses this game by single digits, mm. that will be the biggest win. Clemson should be, I mean, Carolina should be worried. 
Hmm? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Carolina should be shaking in their boots getting ready for what the, what uh, <laughs> Georgia Tech is bringing. They got a defensive end. I want to say it's number five or seven. I can't remember the young man's name. He was very impactful as a freshman. He's going to be the under, he's probably going to be the undisputed leader of this defense. If he can show up and make this team, will this team, him and Jeff Sims on the offensive end, if they can will this team, and who knows if Jeff Sims is even going to be the starter, but that's another story for another time. If they can will this team to a, a competitive game against Clemson, I would be worried if I was the rest of the Coastal because I don't think anybody else in the Coastal can compete with Clemson. I don't think anybody else in the Coastal can complete, compete with them. So, mm. I mean, we th- this Georgia Tech team is young. I think that this will probably be another year of them taking lumps, but who knows? There's a lot to be said about the fact that no, I can compete with Clemson. So here we are trying to figure out who's going to be the Coastal champ, and we will continue conversations about Coastal tomorrow as we talk Virginia Tech with J.J. Jackson, host of Locked on Blue Devils. So make sure you guys tune in there. We're breaking down all the teams of the ACC, and we're making sure that we know what was it like in 2020, but more importantly, what is the future holding for these football squads? Ken Gibbs, Thank you again for joining me on this Monday. Please, again, remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work. First of all, always great to be here. Second of all, uh, TGIF underscore Kenton on um, on Twitter. You can find me at LO underscore Wolfpack on Twitter or Locked on Wolfpack, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And um, there's, again, we're, we're go- we have a good old time every time that uh, me and Kenton get to link up. So keep on listening, liking, subscribing, sharing, and we'll keep bringing you great content. Absolutely. And make sure you guys tune in to Locked On Today podcast. If you're looking for sports news and needs about every single major sporting event, you can get that for under 20 minutes. So it gives you the quick hits, the top stories of the day. Follow Peter Bukowski, who gives you that. It's available anywhere you download podcasts. For Candace Cooper, for Ken Gibbs, we hope you guys have a happy Monday. And until next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.